This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. No rest! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Keep It Real with Young Wayne. That's right, we're here, we're back at it. Uh, what are we for- talking about today, real? You know, so we got to give the people what they want. Okay. When Wayne and Real hang out, people love to know what we think about basketball. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. And this yeah. has been a crazy NBA season, college basketball season. Mm-hmm. And it's not necess- it's not a predictions episode. No, that's not what we're doing. I think more or less just us talking about what's going on. A lot of storylines. It's so many stories. Yeah. It's to the point, it's so many storylines. This is the first time I ever see NBA players say, hey, man, they purposely – <laughs> Reffing games a certain way, yeah, yeah, for these storylines. I ain't never seen the players actually really say that. Mm. They're complaining about the refs, but like they, they got agendas. <laughs> Devin Booker said that. Devin Booker said it. And He's I'm feeling like, it. I'm like, oh shit, they. Which, let me say this. I don't know if it's necessary. I never one of those people that's like, oh, they be they cheating, they mm-hmm. doing this for this and that. The referees have been really bad this year. They are human. Human my ass. It's just been <laughs> terrible calls. And somebody said this is that, yeah, if they're going to suspend players for uh, when they make mistakes or do things or find, like, these refs, they could, refs could just make a bad call, but like, well, we missed it. And I, I think that's wrong because it's been too consistent. Yeah. Now, I wonder are referees just tired of all them complaining all game long? I'm sure they are, man. They be in their face, dog. They gotta, and they got to not give them technicals or not kick them out of the game because the fans want to see them play. But it's certain players that get they cross the line all the time. Yeah. Habitual but I mean, last episode. But this thing about it, either it has to be a real conversation with the NBA because that should have taken – because now they're being petty. Mm-hmm. Jordan Poole got a tech for I forgot what he did. It was like we wasn't even I don't think he really did anything. I forgot. I forgot. I know what I know what we're talking about too. It like was, a hard tech. Dude was pissed. I was at a game uh, one of the days and Terrence Mann got kicked out of the game out of nowhere. I think he got two techs and then Kawhi got a tech. I'm like, Kawhi. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't even know what happened. I was there at the game. I still don't know what happened. Man, it's it's insane, but it's so interesting. Like watching Watching these, like, you know, it's, I remember when they first started doing the play-in tournament. Mm-hmm. It was like, all right, what is this? Right. But now I absolutely love it. That's the, almost your favorite part. It, that is your play It makes it so more competitive. Man. Because if everybody thinks they have a chance, like, the, you remember back in the day because there's only eight seeds, teams would start playing hard if they mm-hmm. knew they, they couldn't make the eight seeds. Mm-hmm. So, like, it would just be weird. Right. Now, because they they go up to 10, people, they still hooping hard. Yeah, still going at the Bulls. Uh, you know I was about to say something about the Bulls. <laughs> you know I was about to say something yeah. about the Bulls. Ever since we got Patrick Beverly, uh-huh. I don't think, uh, certain teams you don't want to see in the playoffs, you know, if you're a top team. Okay. In the East, the Bulls is one of them. You think so? Yes. The Bulls is a problem. Who don't want to see them at the top? Nobody. Milwaukee? Nobody. Philly? No, not the way they in play. Boston. Not the way they playing now. Okay. I don't care who it is. Okay, oh, you're right. They did beat Philly, but then uh, they was watching the game. Real. What was the score at the beginning of the game? Man, that but <laughs> like twenty nine to one. The top teams would be a full series. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, seven game series. I mean, I know what you're saying. So, but I, I think you know, I think there'll be a problem. I mean, like you know, like we look at the East, right? Mm-hmm. Mil Milwaukee. Milwaukee's the most under talked about team, but they're the ones that's ready right now to me to win a championship. Best team in the league. 
Record-wise. Record-wise. Boston looks great. They're going to be strong. Tatum and Brown, if they're Mm -hmm. healthy and everything, they're going to be great. Philly is always like that. Joel Embiid is so dominant. And if they can get consistency from – he – you know, he's one of the only really great players I see in the league where it's literally on his teammates. It's always his fault. Their fault. Because he's always he's, he's, doing, his he's always doing his thing. I agree with that. But, you know, sometimes those numbers can be skewed, right? Cause it ain't, I ain't, not his. Wait, though. wait, wait. Not I'm his. Not, wait, I'm not talking numbers. I'm just talking about dominance. Both sides of the ball. Yeah. He he does. He shows up. Even when if he's not scoring, he's defensively doing. He's, like, shutting things down. But do you think sometimes when they take the ball out of the other players' hands, they get their numbers, even though you're not talking about numbers, sometimes throw off the rhythm. Not saying he does that. Some teams do that. You sound, Some players do we that. About Joel, you sound utterly insane if you talk, if you refer to him. Now, I'm not referring to Joel Embiid. Joel okay. Embiid plays hard well, every said, night. Well, this, well is a, this is a question I saw recently, just to go to the West real quick. Okay. And I'll flip-flop back and forth. You know, the Lakers are playing good without LeBron. They're playing great. They're playing great without playing LeBron. Great. They Anthony Davis has stepped in mm-hmm. and stepped up and Reeves and all these guys. And, and get a bad rep with the media. I don't like that. Jason Williams said something that made sense, and I can't wait to see what this looks like. What did he say? About LeBron coming back and dominating that ball. And w- w- that takes that, that takes the ball out of D'Angelo Russell's hand, takes it out of Reeves' hand. Mm-hmm. And so how do they play with that? Now, it's possible because Kyrie showed it. Mm-hmm. Kyrie showed it. You know, LeBron's a ball-dominant guy. Mm-hmm. But look, look, when Kyrie said, I knew how to spot up and knew when to take over. Because mm-hmm. the thing about it is LeBron don't want to do everything. Right, right. He'll give you, He'll give you the opportunity to, yeah. to go ahead and do your thing. Yeah. It's what you do with that. Yeah. It's going to be really the Lakers. Is, the Lakers is the dark horse in the NBA. The whole NBA. The whole NBA. And then your boy. I still think they can go to the championship. Because the, the West is pretty... The West is weird. And you got Golden State who got those two damn teams. <laughs> what you mean two teams? You, I, I don't know how Pooh crazy for to me signing an extension with Golden State. What? What? Turn he down the money? He, sh- he could get. He would get. He would got that money anywhere. Anywhere. He's a star point guard. Yeah, but you don't want to gamble the money. If they throw the money in your face. You you go get it. Now you know? well you gonna be over here. Uh, say, say he get hurt. You know what I'm saying? So you get that money? I don't know, man. It's very interesting. That's an interesting situation with him and Steph Curry and all those guys. He's the future. Cool. But the future ain't there yet. <laughs> Steph Curry ain't going nowhere. <laughs> uh, they need Wiggins. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, man. What's up with Wiggins, man? Do you know why he's out? I've heard, but I don't know if that's real. That's just a rumor. It's interesting. Like I've, 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 I think in sports, we, we, and we've done this the last few years, we're like, I do like the fact that these, the NFL, the NBA, tennis, just whatever, is taking mental health serious with mm-hmm. athletes. Mm-hmm. And not just saying, hey, this is going on in your personal life or this is going on mentally, just play through it. Because even with Ben Simmons, you know, I don't know what's going on with him. Yeah, I just saw he said somebody's back again. So. Ain't no wrong with that man back. Yeah, probably not. But need another break. Ain't nothing wrong with his back. I don't know if we'll ever see him as Ben Simmons as we knew him again. Uh, no. And I don't think it's his physicality. Well, let's not count him out. But, yeah, I see what you're saying, though. Yeah. Like, I, like it's weird watching it. Like, Because I'm confused. I'm like, is he mentally broken? But then he look cool in his outfits and his chains when he's playing. I don't... I guess you don't know what a depressed person looks like or if they're having some problems. Yeah, because a lot of people have depression. Yeah, and they don't. You don't know it, right? Because I'm like, man, he still got these cool before the game outfits. <laughs> nah, that don't mean like if I was sad, I would be wearing shit. I would have none of my chains on, no sunglasses. Like not cool sunglasses. I had like the man. What's going on with that brother? Sunglasses. <laughs> what's going on with the brother? What does those glasses look the like? The Blues Brothers. Oh my god. What they wore? Those type of sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, it's just dark shades, man. You like, damn, man. That, oh shit, you all right? You see somebody with some dark shades. Say he be having red tints. Yeah, he be having little skinny glasses. He be wearing little model shit. Say, man, what the fuck? You do you want a model? Go model then. Shit, you tall enough? Hey man, that's his auditions right there on the sideline. He's literally he's a model now. (laughs) Hey man, that's what he do. But he's out for the year. I wonder if he's still showing up on the sideline. Cause I, he probably looking at the team like, man, I don't fit in. You got Dinwiddie. He do fit in. 
I know. It's basically his fucking team if he want it. Think about the players over there. Dan, so what? Dan Woody, they playing hard. Bridges, Cam, and Johnson, Nick Paxton. It's, it is perfect for a player like him. This is your... And when he was in Philly, he, you could tell he wanted his own team. Nigga, they gave it to you. They're just not ready yet. Man, that's, that, shit is, that shit crazy. I but, thought they were going to do well, too, once they even lost the play. They had a lot of hardworking players. Like you said, they've lost a few games in a row. They've slipped down to seven. I'm going to say this. I don't think it – I think the playoffs this year is not about uh, placement, like one, two, three. I think this shit going to look like the NCAA tournament. <laughs> you, you probably think the Heat could beat somebody. I the Heat – say the Heat played the Sixers in the first round. Maybe. Like, you don't want to see Jimmy Butler in the playoffs. Like, Jimmy Butler is just this crazy hard-playing – me and my brother Matt was talking about this the other day, right? Because we were talking about eras of, like – Whoever's the best player in the league end up they end up creating like the like say for example, like when Mike was dominating as a shooting guard, mm-hmm. you know they started like drafting and creating players to match up with Michael Jordan. So every shooting guard was six six. Right, right, right. Sure was. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, even with the uh, you know the uh, uh, point guard era, he would have been. It was a point guard big man era like no other. Mm-hmm. The power fours that really started dominating until Chris Webber came in the league. It was just, it, damn, it was just Malone and fucking Barkley. That was just like that dominant power four. Power four, right. You know what I'm saying? And then like Garnett came and then Duncan and fucking Rasheed Wallace. Yeah. And it was Webb. It was just a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, even with small fours, LeBron, it was just only a few small fours that was kind of decent. You know what I mean? But then he show up. Yeah. Now we got Durant, and we had, like, it just became yeah. a small forward re- revolution. So it's always really interesting, like, whoever's the best player in that position, that's what we see. Like, people have to, they try to match them up. That's what they try to do with Steph Curry, or Trey Youngs, or Damian Lillard. Yeah, and, 100%. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's exactly what's happening. It's happening. You know, so it's very fascinating, uh, which is so funny about these big men coming back to me, like Jokic. And Embiid and, and the big guys at the towns, Giannis, those Vooch, like everything got to have a center now again. Yeah, you got to have a center. You got to have a big because you, you want a center to play both sides. It ain't too many of those. Who you want a center to play both sides of the ball? Which there's not many of those. Well, that's what I like about Sabonis. Mm. He's a, like that Sacramento team. You don't want to see them, man. I, they look. Mike Brown has. I haven't always been a fan of his coaches. Okay. I always thought he was just a corny ass damn coach. Why? I don't know. I didn't like his suits. It was <laughs> I was about to weird. say. There's something weird about it, man. He's just like a bald, corny coach that just run plays. I'm like, who is this corny motherfucker? But the way he's coaching those young guys, mm-hmm. he's he's doing an amazing job. Influenced by Steve Kerr. <sighs> uh, I think so. They're not playing like the Warriors. Have you seen him play? And they don't have a personnel like the Warriors, but they they make it. They like they they they, look, they have a tougher grit to them. Than they me. may have the same sets, but they are able to attack the rim because they have players to attack the rim, like De'Aaron well, Fox. Sabonis is the who changed that team to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which is weird that Indiana gave him up. I I'll never understand that. I mean, he gave him up for Halliburton, who's an All Star now as well. So it worked out. They both became All Stars as soon as they switched mm-hmm. teams. I know who became an All Star as soon as they switched teams, and it pisses me off to the fullest. It's Lori motherfucking oh, marketing. Yeah, Lori marketing. Fuck, man. I mean, I, who, who they, would you reply? Oh, y'all do need. Oh, never mind. Man, he could have still been on the Bulls, man. <laughs> it, it just, and then he go over to, I don't know if the black people in Chicago scared him. No. I'm serious. I think the gangbangers was yelling at them too much of the game, and he was fucking frightened. Soon as he got to Utah with all the white people, he, he played the best basketball he could ever play. I'm like, look at this motherfucker. Look great. Chicago's a t- Chicago and New York is a tough places to play basketball in because of the fans. Mm. You know what I'm saying? The fans could be kind of bullies in New York and Chicago. Them Knicks fans ain't sh- like some of the meanest shit I've heard yelled at players have been in Madison Square Garden. Man. From like t- to their own team. You're a fucking bomb, Randall. You know, they in that New York accent. I'm mm-hmm. like, damn. I thought I got mad at games. Who the fuck? You just came here just to yell at the team? It's crazy. Oh, Boston's like that, too. Yeah, but, oh, <laughs> oh, Philly, oh, Philly, Philly, Philly. Oh, yeah, Philly, too. Philly. Yeah, Philly, yeah. They, they Boston, do it to Boston their own. is, too. Philly do it to their own players. But Boston is more supportive. I, I remember I got a chance, me and the kids went to a, a Red Sox game because I always wanted to see the big green monster. The green monster is uh-huh. a huge wall that they just 
it's just still there forever to hit home runs over. They can literally lower that wall. It don't have to be there, but <laughs> it's there. Yeah. And one, some of the, first of all, the best food I've ever had in any type of arena mm. was at at at, uh, at the Red Sox Stadium. Fenway, it's Fenway. Fenway. So then, I'm talking about, I ate all that shit. The burgers, the dogs, the... It was like classic, the, the classic wrappings, and it was like, God damn, this is good. Who cool mama back here cooking all these burgers? <laughs> it was so, it was the best stadium food I've ever had to this date. All right, shout out Fenway Park, they were real, man. Man, it was so much fun. We had our White Sox hat, and people weren't even mad at us. We had great seats, <laughs> but they was talking shit, but it was, but it was fun. It, it, and it's still the, they haven't changed anything in that stadium. Since forever. It's, it's, it's going to sound <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> It's beautifully classic, but you also can still feel the racism. I knew you were going to say that. Like, you can feel it in the air, like, walking around, like, ooh, 1920 was a motherfucking problem. You know what I mean? <laughs> Jackie Robinson, oh, he caught it here. I know he did. You can feel it. Dang. I'm just, I'm just being honest, because it's still an old, it's like Wrigley Field kind of, too. You can still, I love Wrigley Field. I love Wrigley. But you can feel it. But you can feel it. <laughs> you can feel it. Oh, man. Yeah. So, I wait, you, you're a Chicago fan, right? Mm. Did you grow up a White Sox or a Cubs fan? Damn, Cubs fan. Okay. Okay, it's okay. No, no, no. I'm, I didn't mean damn <laughs> sad. I mean, you know, it's more or less about, because now I do mess with the Sox more because I get an organization, they show me love. But okay. diehard Cubs fan, man. I'm mm -hmm. to my old school Cubs. I used to watch those games with my grandfather on uh, his black and white TV in the summers. Like, that's how I fell in love with baseball, I was watching it with my granddad. Which, weirdly enough, he was a Sox fan, but he always was watching the Cubs game. Because the Cubs game would come on early. Right. So we would watch the Cubs game and go right outside and just start playing. That's why we, yeah. me and my brothers fell in love with baseball. Mm. That's when we just, like, back in the day, boy, you know what I'm saying? Growing up in the hood back in the day, and your parents didn't buy no sports shit. You had to just find a stick <laughs> and make it into a bat. We, we found the closest thing that looked like a baseball yeah, yeah, bat. Yeah. I think one day my father felt bad. Like, man, these niggas playing with this stick. <laughs> Let me go buy my bat. Had the strong stick. It was like the a, biggest stick on all. We the had this stick for damn two years. It looked just like a baseball. I don't know who carved it. I don't know if it fell out the tree like that. I mean, it was really sharp at the end, uh -huh. so we shouldn't have been playing with that shit. Yeah. But we had that baseball stick. <laughs> and then, but then one day my dad bought us glove. He saw that we really wanted to play, mm -hmm. and he bought it. We, I had such an old school childhood in that way. Like we used to get up in the morning. We had one neighbor, Nicholas Grissett, because me and my brothers, three of us, we needed one more person. So we could play teams against each other. So <laughs> Nicholas Grissett, he's a little next door. We'll just go over to his window like, Nick, Nick. His brother come out like, man, motherfuckers asleep. You know what I mean? But it's like, come on, we'll tell Nick to come out. <laughs> Nick would run his ass outside. <laughs> and we just play baseball for hours. Two on two baseball is crazy. But we did that for basketball. <laughs> the bat, like, he, I, th I think about my imagination a lot of times. Uh -huh. And it comes from the sports world of things. Mm -hmm. Like we literally made those crates. We had those. I had a, We had a, like in the alley. We put the crates on the light pole for the basketball rim. Made another crate. Had to put it on a stick. We had to be so creative with what was around us, which was also dangerous because at that time, you know, people was doing drugs and shit. So it was like needles at place. We had to learn how to like kick the needle over there. Like it's weird. Mm -hmm. All this shit. <laughs> we had to clean up our own space just to play over there. And shit. It's fucking crazy, but we did it. Mm -hmm. And we used to make full blown tournaments. Yeah. It was like, I used to go to bed at night writing this shit down, who play tomorrow, what's the schedule, what's the standings. It was weird as shit. Like, I had a whole crate basketball league for at least five years. The crate league. That's the fine. crate league. The crate league was going on all the way until niggas started joining gangs. <laughs> okay. That, I, and I'm not... I'm enough being, of this. I'm, no, it's just, no, it's the honest to God, it's the honest to God truth, Wayne. It's the, it really, that, I'd never forget the summer when all my friends became BDs. <laughs> well, y'all had BDs out west? I don't know why I didn't know that. What, nigga? That's where they from. Oh, man, that's crazy. Didn't know. Yeah, that. it was right my neighborhood, Monroe Levy. That's what the black disciples ran that neighborhood. And we were all, it was weird to this day. It was one of the weirdest things I've ever watched because you went from your friends being like kids, and then all of a sudden, when they had to join a gang, they weren't kids. No what more. age was that, you think? 13. Yeah, 13. 13. 13. Like 12, 13, around that time. It was it was crazy. And it was, it was because some people had to join because their family was already associated with it. Wow. And it was, I can remember the psyche of one of my friends just looking at me like, yeah, I can't, I ain't got time to play kid shit no more. Dang. 
You know what I'm saying? Well, it's, it's like, man. shit. And we didn't have to do it. We know my dad was around. My mom, so it's, it's, it was a, I'll never forget that summer because it wasn't the whole summer. It was like the first part of the summer was us hooping and having fun. I think a war started and they needed more gang members. More soldiers, yeah. Homies. Yeah, and so they started recruiting Man. the homies and shit. Which is why it's always been one of those underlying things as years went on and they got like deep into that shit. It'll be moments where like, hey, real, hey, don't, man, y'all can't, y'all, don't be over here, bro. Cause they knew what was going on, and it was and it was tough. Those years, I, I was I had to talk about this at therapy recently. Cause I like I had um I normalized that shit. Like it was full blown, and you don't even think about them being children because we we're all the same. We're all fourteen. We're all fifteen. We're all sixteen. But you're like, damn, O'Brien killed Terrell when he was fourteen. He was fifteen, and then he got murdered at sixteen. And it happened consecutively, like all the time. But since we were all the same age, I didn't even think about how like tragic. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, You're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at SCS. Dot Georgetown dot edu slash podcast. That shit was. Right. Until I got, and it's crazy when you see somebody kill somebody and then it comes right back to them. And it's like, oh shit. This, and it was, it, 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 what made that weird, it was like two summers ago, we were all just fucking hooping. Hmm. Having fun, talking about the girls we like. Riding our bikes to the fucking United Center, watching them pull off. Man, just like that. Just, just like that, and it's it's just very, you know, it's it's really interesting. Just that, um, being from the West Side of Chicago, I always felt like my family was in the middle of stuff because we had our full family, mm-hmm. and we was one of the only family. At one time, like it was like three or four families on the block. That had the mom and dad. It was weird. It was just our little weird ass block that had the both parent yeah. shit. Literally, you go across the street, them niggas had shit. <laughs> and so it was like, damn. Um, but yeah, it was it was crazy over there on my road. And then like once again, that, that gang banging shit was was real, man. Like everybody, like literally everybody, and then everybody was joining different shit. Yep, they could be friends and join thing. Now they now they now they enemies. Yep. Niggas that like literally we play together all the time. You can't couldn't get them niggas in the same room no more. But once again, it was just like I just I just recently thought about like I got so like every yearbook I had, it was two or three kids rest in peace shit every fucking year. And I it was normalized to me. And I'm like, this shit was tragic. And then you wonder why it wasn't in the news like that, but it always go political. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, this shit should have been like national news. What the fuck y'all talking about? Like, we should have been having these gun law conversations. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, but it, I always wonder what was the moment, and it's a question for everybody, all of us. Like, I grew up in the 90s, so all this shit was happening all the time, but it wasn't on the news. Like, when did it become national news to talk about this shit? What, I wonder what made it. I always look at, is it because Obama got in office where they wanted to focus on how bad Chicago is? Because mm. I'm like, it was always like that. Like, I don't, right. I don't know what the fuck y'all, th- I thought it was worse when I was, like, yeah. I went to high school, it was full gang wars in that month. It was between Obama in office and Chief Keith's music, where it kind of, sh- sh- but you, 
Yeah, well, it's between the era, so oh eight to two thousand twelve. Yeah, yeah, around that time. Well, that's where they decided to pay attention to it, but mm-hmm. it's but it's been happening. It's been there, man. They say it was worse in the nineties, right? It was crazy in the nineties. It was, it was everything. I just remember everything just going so fast, like, and it was, it was so many tragedies. But it wasn't talked about. It was just within our community that we knew that shit was happening. But it was like national or shit city news. <laughs> what on the news? Right, the city ain't talking about it. They don't talk about everything. You're right. I mean, Terrell when he got killed, there was a little bit of it because he went to Providence St. Mel, which is an all black uh, private school. I went there. Shout out to Providence St. Mel. So it was it was made a thing because he was just he had all this potential, and O'Brien killed him. Getting off the bus from St. Like, and O'Brien was somebody we all fucking feared, man. He was like one of those kids you could just see evil. So if he's like, if he ever get a gun, fuck. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and that's a serious, like, if he ever get a gun, he used to be the skinny ass nigga. But all of us was fucking scared of this motherfucker. Because he just had this energy of like, just, just like shit, man. You get an opportunity to do some crazy shit. You gonna do it? Mm-hmm. And he used to do little shit at first, like let's trip you or shit, or throw throw some at your bike like a brick. You like, God damn, O'Brien. <laughs> Dang. That's interesting because I think a lot of people don't think about the gang culture in Chicago. Last night, somebody and I like we were in the conversation on Twitter about how the gang scene in L.A. though was like elevated in a way because of John Singleton. Cause he was, he went to USC, he was in LA, he had proximity to these neighborhoods. So all those, you know, cult classic movies from the nineties, a lot of them were set in LA. So you saw that, but you don't think about other places sometimes. Yeah, that's what's interesting. I think that's what makes Chicago even scarier that nobody want to touch it. You know, when Rick Ross said, Beach, Larry Hoover, oh, mm-hmm. niggas went, they was like, hey, bro, whoa, you can say all the mother niggas' names. <laughs> you don't say no fucking Larry Hoover. Yeah. And that was a thing. Uh-huh. It was, it was a, it was it was a, a fucking thing. thing. <laughs> like, hey, hey, mention all the mother niggas. Don't you say shit about no motherfucking Larry Hoover. Why was it a thing? Oh, boy. I mean, why was the thing? We don't. You, it's it's almost like when Will told Chris, "Keep my name out your fucking mouth." It's always been that way. That's why you haven't seen no fucking real movies based off this shit. Mm-hmm. Singleton got a pass to do that. Ain't nobody getting no passes out of Chicago. Yeah, especially when he's still trying to fight for his freedom. Yeah. So ain't no. Ain't, leave it. Think about this. Even with BMF, that's a pass. Mm-hmm. Meech gave the okay to that. Damn niggas ain't okay that shit. No. Shit, you barely got Jews of the Black Messiah. Shit. That was a pass. Man, I was in Chicago don't play. <laughs> Why you think everybody hated Chirac? They had to, let me tell you something. This is how you know Spike Lee had no pass. <laughs> you had to make up some fantasy ass gang story. No. And call it Chirac. That shit was unbelievable. Yeah. You could not you could not even do a character that reminded you of it. Like, none of those characters was Chicago at all, nothing. Mm-mm. It was so off because guess what? You couldn't do that shit. Yeah. You got to have a pass. I don't know what the time. Ain't nobody giving out those passes. No, not in Chicago. Not happening, so. Which, but this is interesting. I was approached about doing a movie about, you know, mm-hmm. one of the cats from the, from the Suns. And I'm like, oh yeah, I know, you, I know you're talking about. I, I think about it all the time. It's not that I wouldn't. It, first of all, it has to be done so right and so honest. But then that's scary, actually, <laughs> because it's like, ah, fuck. Do you are you tied to this shit now? If you tell this nigga story, you got to tell everybody. Everybody gonna want you to date. This is like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. like, ah, oh, shit. No, 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 no. So it's just, it's very. It's it's a very interesting. That's why the only way you could do that. Now I do have a story I want to tell. Is when I coached uh, when I was eighteen and I was working at Walgreens. <laughs> I used to do the summer tournaments at the park. Hmm. So one year I decided to coach a team. I was like, I want to coach. So I submitted. 
But I couldn't get nobody because at the time, you know, the, the head of the BDs. But the gang led. Yeah, he, he he would buy all the best players. Mm-hmm. Normal. So all I did was recruit all the nice kids. It was basically Matt and his <laughs> friends. Yeah. Went to the parents' house, like, hey, can he play on my team? <laughs> at, at that We were just a good kid team. That's all that shit was. But then, this is all a true story. One of the nephews of the, the, the gang leader, they got into it, so he quit and said, could he play with me? And this nigga was Iverson Cole. <laughs> I say, hell yeah, you can. Man, we get all the way to the championship game against that team. Mm. I mean, this was crazy. It was like nobody expected us to win. I was coaching my ass off. Mm-hmm. Coaching my ass off. And I didn't have shit. I had to, bat them. I had to do all that shit out of my power, off Walgreens money. Walgreens money, I was about to say. I spent every dime, uniforms, all types of shit. Wow. Basketballs. Just because I, I played in that tournament, and I remember being a part of one of those super teams. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, fuck that. That's we, a, we make it to, a great movie. It's a great movie. We, we made it to the championship. <clears throat> of course we lost, because they wasn't calling no goddamn fun. That shit was a butter rim ball times 10. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't call it shit. <laughs> and the team was, once again, Matt, his friend, my brother Marcus. It was just, it was, boo, like, all these kids, just good, the good kids. And we almost won. And, oh, shit. Oh, we'll bleep it out. <laughs> but <laughs> but he, he gave me he gave me hella respect from that. Like yeah. He respected uh he respected that I wasn't scared and he you know, he was like you got a lot of heart and from that point on, one thing I give him, he would not let nobody fuck with me. Hmm. Yeah. He would not let nobody fuck with me. He's solid. Solid dude. He just got out of here a few years ago. <laughs> Cool as fuck. So, but we'll bleep that name out. <laughs> Please. Yeah, fuck that shit. <laughs> it's crazy how you said your life compared to sports. We went from talking about baseball and the stick to we're going back to your life, right? So this just all ties in together. Sports is a big part of my life, man, mm-hmm. especially basketball. Basketball, I'm so tied to it. Yeah. it you know, some of the some, – some, once again, my, my favorite year of high school is my freshman year. Like, that's it. I could have left at the freshman year and be like, fuck high school. Because <laughs> it was so fucking fun. Yeah. I, I made the basketball team, you know, had the Urkel nerd Urkel, story. Urkel moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, everybody, oh, look at the nerd. And I balled them niggas the fuck out. So, does that take us to what's going on right now in college with the smaller guard who is dominating well, the A? It's funny. Even if we go back there, at that time, I remember just Chicago point guards. Mm-hmm. And then all oh, little, you got little Jimmy Sanders that played at Western House. It was a bunch of small point guards just fucking balling. Yeah. I think in the country. Because then, you know, I think we had like Tyus Etney at one time, all at the same time, fucking um, just a gang of different dudes. This Noel kid mm-hmm. that plays for Kansas State, and you know what's unfortunate? He's 5'8. Mm-hmm. I think right now he's the best player I've seen in college basketball. Like to me, he's a game. I think he's a, a a franchise guy. I think he could change a franchise. And the reason why is because of his passing ability, not because of his scoring. Mm. You know, I, I was watching the Muggsy Bogues documentary, and people forget how Muggsy would change teams. He was such a really good distributing point guard mm-hmm. of controlling the offense. This guy has that, and I mean, he just broke the fucking NCAA uh, tournament record with nineteen assists. Yeah. From Harlem. So he playing with that Harlem shit. Mm-hmm. This nigga had a fake argument with his coach and threw it out of you. With one minute to go in over. That is one of the craziest things I've ever seen in basketball history. Ah, yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, wait, what? They did a foul heartbeat. You remember the two niggas got to the fight on stage and did the next thing? Like, we'll use it. No, just let them do it. And they, they let them keep fighting. The next time they, they got to that fake argument, ripped each other's sleeves up. And did they look? I'm like, that's what that that's was. That's what that man. was, yeah. To me, it was like, oh, shit, that's a great. A diversion. A great diversion. Or like bad boys before, like when they was getting robbed by those guys at the beginning, and they get to the argument and they pull the guns out. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. random. I have See? fun facts about everything. <laughs> uh, but he's so good, man. He's so fucking good. But that's what I'm saying. Basketball for me has always been... You know, one, my freshman year of high school, I got a chance to see Ronnie Fields and Kevin Garnett in person. Hmm. Sitting there, like front row. Okay. Because I played frost off, but I used to do the books for the varsity team. So I used to travel with them. So, so in your mind, I know Rail's mind is interesting, right? You, like Ronnie Fields, is better than Kevin Garnett. At that time, yeah. he was. Mm-hmm. 
Ronnie feels like he was 30 years old for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this nigga only 16? Yeah, yeah. He look like he got a family, shit. <laughs> Jumped out the gym to this day. Yeah. Garnett always talks about that. I think it's tragic what happened to him. And it, it goes kind of just living fast and not having no guidance. Man. He got to that crazy car accident. Yeah. But then he came back and was still athletic after he healed. Mm. So what do you think it was that wouldn't allow? Man, it's just it's sometimes you gotta, you know, the the basketball is not just about skill set. Mm-hmm. It's about your image, which is what you know what makes what John ja Morant, you know, gets to the biggest plat, biggest platform, and then that's where you. Most of the time, the cats kind of mess up early. Yeah, and sometimes they don't recover. So in in with the hopes that he does, and um, see what happens. I mean, he's. I mean, they gave him. He he's, he made it to the league. He'll be all right as long as he stays. But it, it is. But it's one of those things because we we you know I think about the, the great Ben Wilson, right? Hmm. Ben G, man, who the potential of how great he was going to be. You know, he he really kicked off that Simeon greatness. You know what I'm saying? Simeon High School. Shout out to them. But but Benji's story is just it's tragic. Mm-hmm. And like, have you seen? You seen the thirty for thirty, right? Of course. Shout out to Cootie and Chike. Mm-hmm. Um, what makes it? It's so many things that make it tragic. You be like, damn, do he? Did he really know who he was? Hmm. I, you know, I and it was, it's so interesting because you go from there to like, I, I go back to my freshman year when I met Kevin Garnett. He was staying out the way. Like he didn't. He'd be sitting there waiting on the bus after the game. Ronnie, I don't know. Ronnie had a, I don't know what Ronnie would be going. He wouldn't even be waiting with the team. He already outside, girls, you know, doing, hey. doing this Ronnie Fields thing. KG didn't do that. Mm-hmm. KG wasn't from there. That was the only thing. But even, even if he wasn't, he was focused, though. Because he's easy to get caught up in Chicago's mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And participate in it. He just literally just like, nope, I'm going to school and I'm hooping. That's why I came here. And... You know, it's once again we could fast forward to drive Morant. You in Memphis? Mm-hmm. Memphis, cause Memphis is like kind of like Chicago, where like you know you hanging out in that in that environment, and you could get and get caught up in that. Mm-hmm. But you always got to remember how you got somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and so I don't know. Like it's just interesting watching, and I know we went from the playoffs to all this, but it's just what the culture of basketball is, and that which is why like you know. I get proud of all those guys who made it. Right. Even just watch the NBA. Like at this point, especially in the NBA, like it's people we know, we're cool with. Like right. man, you got to right. do all that shit. <laughs> and it's cats. I mean, I adore. You know me, man. Like the Will Bynum's. Yeah. The Sean Dockery, Sharon Collins, uh, Jabari Parker. You know his dad, Sonny Parker, who mm-hmm. used to like. Used to run the basketball stuff at the uh, boys, uh, James Jordan Boys and Girls Club. Mm-hmm. And shout out to that place. Once again, that was another basketball. We used to be in there hooping. Yeah, that was a basketball and safe haven right there. Dude, it was cats coming from everywhere, the best. And we was in that. When I tell you, we were, that's when I was at my, you know, 16, 17-year-old me was at that prime. Just, I was just good. <laughs> I was good. I was athletic still and all that other shit. Uh, and, and all we did was hoop. So those games was intense, like like full blown hard playing games, mm-hmm. talking shit. Mm-hmm. And Sonny Parker was there. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yep. I remember Jabari. I remember Jabari when he was like little, a little short fat kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like when this nigga become six eight or whatever the hell he be, like he just got tall out of nowhere, stretched out. And think about him and. Kendrick Nunn was on the same team. That's crazy. High school. But that's what I'm saying. Like, basketball, Chicago, when it comes to basketball and, and just, even just, like, you got, this thing, you got basketball, you got game culture, and then you got church. <laughs> yeah, you got church. Then you got church. Yeah. A lot of faith in Chicago. Man. But, it, but it's almost all weirdly tied. It's all community. Mm-hmm. You know, which is why, like, I love the fact, and hopefully, you know, more of this happens where young people get to see it's more than sports that can take you out of poverty. Yeah. Um, and then I think that's what's hard about 
going to college. You know, you sell the college dream to you owe all this fucking money. It's just, it's, I don't know, man. America's weird. <laughs> Sometimes. It just is. It's like, yo, like, people want to do the right thing, but it's always some shit to give you some setback shit. Which is why people run the entertainment. Yeah. I feel like it's easier. I don't know. I don't know Especially if it's easier. They, because they, they, that's what they see. Like, I could, I, I could do that or I want to do that, you know? Well, you know what I think it does give? It does at least give you to feel like you live in a certain type of life right away. Mm-hmm. So say for instance, you never become a millionaire, but you, you're you an actor, but you're like, man, I've been on a red carpet. I've I've experienced yeah, right. what this feels like. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you just on the grind of things, you don't even get a chance to like feel that shit. Yeah. You know, I, I think about my mom all the time and I'm like, damn. I mean, that's one of the things I feel bad about, you know, her not being here is that, damn, I wish she could have like been a part of all this how I feel to live in this big ass house? How to feel like this? Five first class, or um, meet your favorite yeah. actors and actresses, or go certain places. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, damn, she never got that. Right. No matter how hard she worked, she worked hard enough for it. Mm-hmm. She worked. She worked hard enough to like deserve some sh- a vacation. I was thinking about that the other day, like, damn, she ain't, they ain't never going on vacation. Man. Yeah. that's. A, but I guess if she lived it, even though it was still not the same, but for you, for your brothers, to be able to do what y'all do. So have those opportunities, and that's how we got to look at it. Like, Well, that's why I make sure my children experience as much as they can. Mm-hmm. That That is me reaping the I am reaping the benefits of their hard work. Yep. But I, I thought that was, I think that's fascinating that like it's generations of, especially black people, who couldn't even experience just like whatever this American dream shit that's been described forever. Mm-hmm. Not for real. I mean, you know how, like, you know, how mature you have to be to be like, if I don't receive it, that's fine. As long as my kids do. Yeah. That's selfless. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But once you're there, you're like, damn, you know, you just, you feel like, damn, she didn't even get the chance to really do this shit. Yeah. I, I remember throwing Danella, we threw her a birthday party, uh, and that was her first birthday party, which is weird. You know, and she's like, yeah, this is the first birthday party anybody ever did. That's why she was so emotional. And I'm like, damn. But I'm glad you experienced that. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you experienced that. I mean, that's what life is about is is great experiences, you know. I think that's what I love about – that's why I appreciate basketball so much Um, because now I can experience in the highest level. That day I sat next to Spike Lee, uh, was it, a couple months ago? Mm-hmm. Was one of my favorite, and I didn't even know I bought those tickets next to him. Hmm. I just, I just bought them. All right. And I'm like, wait a minute, we right next to Spike Lee, and to be able to have a full blown basketball conversation and watch him be irritated by the Knicks, oh, yeah. was the greatest shit I've ever experienced. <laughs> and this from a pure basketball fan. This yeah. from like watching inside stuff and all, sitting at home on the west side, like wow, Spike Lee, and then like I'm fucking sitting next to this dude mm-hmm. talking basketball and shit. You know, those are, those are experiences I always, like, you know, cherish. I cherish all that shit. So in those moments, you're living in the moment. Man, it, it, it's, it's, especially from all the shit I saw. <laughs> you know, it's not the end, you know, the hood ain't the end be all to everything. Mm-hmm. It's so much more shit out here. <laughs> this is what I never understood. Even look the 90s dope dealers. Them niggas ain't even take no vacations for real. Yeah, not like everybody is now. Think about this. If you watch BMF, right? And I was watching the documentary, all that money he was making, they would just go to Atlanta and Miami. That's it. That's it. Like, nigga, you don't want to go to DR? What is it? <laughs> what is it? Yeah, I wonder what that was about. They probably we ain't know nothing about it, probably, you know? It, and it's interesting watching, like, it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, we see people travel more than we ever have. Yeah, people are outside. 
People yeah. outside. They going to places I never heard of. Yeah. I'm seeing people in Bali for months. I'm like, y'all still there? <laughs> <laughs> for months. <laughs> for months. I'm no I'm, money. I'm like, how the fuck is paying for this? Hey, they say Bali don't cost much, man. Shout out to Bali, man. Gotta get be, out everybody getting out of endless pools and shit. <laughs> with, with chefs. Who the fuck is paying for this? <laughs> you try to do the back work? Like, let me see what they do for a living. <laughs> Wait, this the job? <laughs> Who the fuck is paying for this? <laughs> But I mean, shit, life's short. Yeah, enjoy, man, everybody. Go on vacation, man. <laughs> Go on vacation. You gotta do. Do all the shit you ever wanted to do. Yeah. I don't give a fuck if you want to be like, I don't know, for no reason, I keep seeing an airplane, a Top Gun pilot. <laughs> that don't have nothing to do with nothing. It's okay. Yeah. 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 But yeah, sports and life, man. Sports and life, man. That's, That's why I'm excited about, you know, that's what I love about the NCAA tournament, right? Because sports is inspiring. Yeah. It's so it's one of the only things that we do as people that everybody really comes together on it. Like, you don't care about none of the other shit but just your team. Mm-hmm. You don't care if they black, white. You just like, let's. I want my team to win. Yeah. I mean, that's what's interesting about college basketball. Because those fans doing that tournament, Yeah, I remember I went to one of those games. Them alumni? Uh-huh. Be, man, they be damn about to get in full-blown fistfights. <laughs> Nah, it's not a game. It ain't, they don't play about their college, man. So imagine this, right? I'm hosting the event with DraftKings. Shout out to Bill Walton. He hosted it with me. And it was a 16-1 game. Purdue, was it FDU? I think it was FDU. Purdue, FDU. One guy, I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm on a mic, right? I'm like, oh, man, we might have the biggest upset, one of the biggest upsets. He said, can you stop? I said, what? Hold up. What's up, man? He like, yo, man, I'm saying he zipped his coat down. It was a Purdue shirt. <laughs> and then the dudes next to him like, man, we don't care about no Purdue. But these white guys, we don't care about no Purdue. Man, after you, we got this much money on him. If he, if he win, 350, make him 6000 Our table going for 60000 And as soon as they won a $60,000 as a table, they like started throwing stuff and walked out. We're about to go somewhere else and spend all the money. And the guy was just sitting there sad, zipped his shirt, his jacket back up. Yo, that's crazy. It was crazy. I said, man, what? Bruh, college basketball <laughs> is a whole, you know, if that's your school. <laughs> I mean, we talking about people would take their shirts off in a, in a winter city. Yeah, man. Yeah. It, was it, it, it draw the name of the team on their chest here. <laughs> well, I don't know how they do that. I don't know how long, how long it takes. Just standing in the stand. Oh. Yeah, what point do you get get there? Like, where you taking your shirt off and tattooing yourself? Or never, I never get paint, there. painting yourself. I, but I'm a fan. Uh-huh. I, you know, I, I took the family to the Bulls game, mm-hmm. and I remember uh, my brother's wife and Danella were sitting next to each other, and they saw how irritated we was getting. They was like, "Oh shit, if they lose, it's gonna be a quiet ride home." Because <laughs> <laughs> we was getting bad, but then he you know, ended up winning. They won big. Uh, but it was it was that at one point, you know. But you thought me and Matt had literally like we've been announced, like we had a headset on the way we were sitting there talking and shit, <laughs> <laughs> just sitting there talking and trying to stop Harlem from jumping on to other suites. It's like, man, how the fuck did you get over there? <laughs> Put the hot dog down. I'm sorry, y'all. Come on, man. That damn hot dogs over here, man. The fuck you doing? They hot dog. Man, it was so much fun to take my. I, I, once again, it's one of those things too. Is just, I, I've, I've enjoyed. Giving my family experience. Experiences, yep. That's what it's about. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it'd be like the little stuff they'd be excited about. Oh, we in a sprinter. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. big deal. Yeah. But it's like, you know, they 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 enjoy experience. they enjoy all the experiences. And that makes me happy. You know what I'm saying? Like when they can, you know, walk like they could they walk us through the tunnel, <laughs> past the player. Like, what the fuck? We never been in this way. You know, I got a black ass family. <laughs> and they just look, man, I almost jabbed out because there was some workers there. And they're like, who is these black people? Who are these people? I said, motherfucker, my family. Because they ain't never seen no shit like that. Right. Not that deep. We was deep. What y'all about 20 deep? Yeah. Yeah. Walking through the fucking United States tunnel. Hey. Walking past the Rosa. Just walking <laughs> past them. With security. Mm. I'm like, yeah, nigga. Fuck yeah. you talking about? Like, <laughs> That's what it's about. Man. I roasted the shit out that little blind head dude. <laughs> Look, concession nigga, like who the fuck they? Is? Nigga, who is you? Right. Fucking golden lord. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, 
Once you get a chance, man, and you can give other people opportunities, families, friends, man, do that, man. Give people opportunities. Dude, I mean, experiences. Experiences, man. Like. It's it's you know that's one of the things I appreciate about Gerard Carmichael, man, because. I was doing all the just regular ghetto shit in LA when I first got. I was eating <laughs> at the same places. He's like, "Real, come on, man, you got some money now. Too. You don't have to eat Roscoe's almost every day." I didn't want to try nothing new. He then he took me to John and had that pot roast. Changed my life. He went and got you a. I became a foodie out there. Like, all right, let me eat at some nicer places. They they got a gourmet pot roast. They crazy. got shit. It was, but it was cooked with love. It was so good. Uh. And I remember it was me, him, his mom, and his auntie experiencing that for the first time. We were so fucking loud. I was like, mmm. I did all that bullshit. Mmm, mmm. <laughs> this good-ass pot roast, Gerard Carmichael. <laughs> I never thought this fancy spot I had this. <laughs> so you go from eating gourmet pot roast. This juicy-ass pot roast. Spaghetti, mm. spaghetti and hot dogs. Who back there making that? This oh, dude. my God. I was like, God damn, real. Me and his auntie. Mmm, mmm. Gerard Carmichael. Gerard Carmichael, you outdid yourself. <laughs> Deviled eggs with crab meat. Mm. Wait, that exists? Yeah. Jar has the best food. That's one of my favorite restaurants. That, it's so funny. So imagine that's what I was when I first got there. Now I'm like, yes, I'll take a dirty martini, two olives. Thank you. Good, good, seeing, good seeing you. <laughs> Real, you've changed. I've changed. I've <laughs> changed. Think I made all this money to stay the same? Okay. God, that's what I'm saying. You you not supposed to. <laughs> you keep some of your shit. You know okay. what you what you do is you just do shit with a little swag to it. Uh huh. So how do you do the spaghetti and hot dogs? God damn, Wayne, that's personal. Why are you bringing that up? Oh, uh, that's, right, that's like drunk food. Oh, that's your drunk food. I thought you eat that like on the regular. No. Oh. That's when like I like been out too late. I'm like, yo, y'all do it. <laughs> y'all do it. I'm like even hot dogs with me. Where do you get these hot dogs from? <laughs> Shout out to Cantus. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Cantus. Cantus. Cantus traditionally has been that spot for like decades. That's crazy. For everybody. Yeah. Like everybody got a Cantus. I think I was watching an old movie and I saw Cantus in it. I'm like, oh shit. Cantus been around a long motherfucking time. Man. You could tell it. It looks like it, right? They have never changed that bathroom. That bathroom still got like one long toilet. <laughs> like them long toilets that the water keep running. That's that's how you know it's an old ass bathroom. <laughs> Like, nigga, ain't no telling who peed in here, shit. Oh, man. Elvis. <laughs> Elvis. Elvis was here at Cantus one time <laughs> with a roast beef sandwich and them old-ass cookies. <laughs> hey, I'm, they probably still got them jukeboxes in the corner, too, if we pay attention. Dude, they got, that shit ain't changed. That's one place they ain't changed the seating, the lighting, the <laughs> smell. Nothing. Nothing. Dang. The machine that cut the meat. The people that work there still got the same uniform they had on in the 60s. No, like, they, they, the same be, they just passed that shit down. <laughs> It's just fucked up. Shout out to Kansas. Yep. Well, shit, it, man. I think we good. Yeah, experiences, man. Experiences, man. You enjoy this the playoff season, guys. It's gonna be crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, enjoy life. Yeah. Enjoy life. It's good to go back and think about things and be like, oh, that was cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Another great episode. Keep it real with Young Wayne. We out. Peace. Keeping it real. Keep it real. That was a HeadGum Podcast.